You are listening to Cornelia Church. Passion for God, compassion for people. Hi, good morning. Happy Sunday. Um, I have the honor and privilege of bringing the word this morning, and I'm, I'm pumped for it especially for second service because of what happened in first service, right? And so you guys get me a little bit extra charged. Um, I don't know if second service is a sleepy crowd because you guys like to sleep in. You guys are probably my people. You sleep in on Sunday mornings, but that just means you get double amped all the other people who've been here all morning. We're all a little bit psyched because we already did this, right? So you get us double dosed and I'm totally into that for you. Um, I want to pray, and then we're going to get into the fact that we are Holy Spirit-led. And so that's what we're talking about today. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, that you are a God of all creation. You are so big, so massive, and yet you care about the sparrow. You see it all, my God. You see us. You see our worries. You see our insecurities. You see our doubts, and you care. And I pray right now that you would just, um, that your Holy Spirit, that you would uh, walk in this place right now, building up your church, that you would build us up to see and know that you are God and we can trust you with all that we are. I pray that just like in worship, when we felt the, um, the experience of the presence of God, that you would help us to stay in that same atmosphere, opening ourselves to you, God. What do you want to deposit into our spirits today? Would we stay in that atmosphere of worship, expecting you to move us? In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So um, we've been in a series called Firm Foundations because um, the world can be crazy. The world can be kind of bananas. Like we can get pretty tossed around if we don't know what it is that we stand upon. And we believe that the thing that we stand upon as Christians, they're very specific. They're not even really decided by us. But we have these firm foundations that are both for us as Christian people, but even greater than that, or not greater than that, in addition to that, we have additional foundations that we believe that God has spoken directly to us as Koinonians. Okay, that's a real thing. We're Koinonians. Can you guys say that? Koinonians. Um, we, I used to take, well, I'm not a youth pastor anymore, which is actually a big bummer because I really like that job. I used to take kids to camp, so now Pastor Charlie gets to take everybody to camp. But while we were at camp, I would have all the kids be like, every time they like were playing games, I was like, that's right, boo. Like, we were like, like everybody knew we were there. We're like, everybody's like, oh, you're Koinonia. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> because we're Koinonians, okay? And as Koinonians, there's something really specific about what God has asked us to do. There's something really specific that we get to stand on that's unique to our culture, that's unique to the calling of this house. And one of the things we've talked about, um, that we are people who are igniting contagious faith in the one God who restores all. And if you can't remember that whole slogan, even though I think you should memorize it, like write it on your, your mirror or whatever, at least remember the part igniting contagious faith. Because that's the thing that we're actively trying to do all the time. If you're like, what do I do? You go to church? Well, why do you do that? Oh. I don't know. Like, sometimes we don't know how to fill in that, that blank. Well, we, we are a people. We go to church not just to um, check the boxes, but we believe it inspires us and fills us up in order to be a part of igniting contagious faith. And that means some of you guys are like um, not really interested in being a part of the team that does that because you're struggling in your faith. You're just doing the, the faith part. Like, I'm, I'm just doing faith. I'm gripping, I'm like white-knuckling faith. I'm not even sure if I got it. So there's no way I can do contagious. 
And so you've already felt like you're out. Like, I can't even be in this conversation about firm foundations because I barely got faith taken care of. I just want to pause and encourage you that anytime I hear a brother and sister in Christ, whether they're struggling or not, and I hear them, I hear the lament, I hear the story like, man, I'm struggling, I don't totally know, that builds me up. It builds me up because it reminds me, man, they don't really totally get it all, and yet they're still doing it. I'm encouraged by that because sometimes I don't totally get it all, and yet I carry on right? And so if you're feeling like you can't be a part of the contagious part of sharing your faith because you don't have all the answers, I want to kind of flip that around. It's because we don't have all the answers that we get to be a part of sharing our faith. I don't know it all. I can't do it on my own. I can't do this by myself. That's why I need Jesus. And because of that, we can invite other people into that contagious level of surrender. I don't have it together. And yet I get to share how awesome it is to be a Christian. I get to do that, even though I mess up all the time, right? And so we've been sharing that we are people who are igniting contagious faith in the one God who restores all. We've been going over the fact that Jesus is everything. People matter. Um, What are some of the other ones? Authentic community. Speak to me, guys. Holy Spirit, Spirit, that's today. That's today. We're missing one more. What's the other one? Transform lives. So what Pastor Andrew did is last week, he actually did double duty. He did both transformed lives and authentic community together in order to make space for us to spend two weeks on Holy Spirit led. Not that we're thinking like the Holy Spirit led part is the most important, but I do say that if you are living a Holy Spirit led life, actually that's where transformation happens. So while we want to be a people of transformation, it's really hard to do that without following the leading of the Spirit. And so we're actually going to go over some scriptures that help us do that, and then I hope we have time to practice. I want to practice hearing from God today, okay? And so I'm going to go over just a little bit of scripture. Um, But before I do that, I want to do two announcements. One announcement, number one, today, right after this service, we have discovery class. Discovery class is the way that we go about making members out of attenders. If you've just been attending and you're like, oh, I like Quinnia, it's kind of cool, da-da-da-da, you don't really know what it's about, you don't know what we believe, or maybe you've been around a whole long time and you've never actually raised your hand and said, you know what, this is my home church. This uh, gathering is for you, and it's right after service in the great room. We have lunch for you. Um, If you miss sign-ups, I am officially inviting you to come even if you didn't sign up. Okay, that's today. Okay, the second thing is, in just a couple weeks, we have what we're calling a prophetic summit. Prophetic summit, I'm really excited about this primarily because I believe that while we've been in this season, this like train of getting good at prayer, Okay, Um, you guys are all invited to Friday morning prayers. By the way, it's Friday morning at 6.30, which I feel like is offensive. And if you feel like that's offensive, we're, you know, we can both write letters to Andrew. Like, we'll do that. Um, I'm not a big fan. Actually, so when you guys message Koinonia um, on social media and you're like, hey, can you tell the pastors, yada, 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 most of the time those messages, they're coming straight to me. And so um, uh, one of the things that you guys always say, like, AM is a question mark that we get often, and I'm just like, yep, tell your pastor. (laughs) We want some evening prayer times, y'all. Like, I'm for evening prayer, but we do it in the morning, and it's awesome. Um, But I want to invite you guys at 6.30 AM every Friday. We're in this house, and we're deciding to pray. And I tell you, like, it it is, like, really difficult for me to be here because, again, it's just not my, my time to shine. 
okay? It's my time to be in a dark closet by myself, okay? But um, I come here primarily out of obedience and I always leave here softened. I always, always do. And I'm, sometimes I'm shocked. I'm like, this is going to be the day where I get to leave angry because I came angry, you know, I came a little annoyed. But I always leave, almost always with tears in my eyes because of how sweet the presence of God is. And I think that when you take your frustration and your fatigue and your doubt and you bring it before the Lord, he honors your ability to come to him even with all that stuff. And he says, okay, daughter. Here's a little dose of something extra for you today. And then I walk out ready. So I encourage you guys, if you want to come and get a dose of that, that's on Fridays. But we've been in this season of prayer, and I believe that we're actually kind of doubling down on prayer by opening ourselves up to some additional training in the prophetic. The prophetic is essentially just um, a word from God that clarifies his intention for his people. Um, sometimes it's, it's done with a word of information about a season or about you that maybe nobody else should know that helps solidify the word that's to follow. I went to a conference pretty recently. It was a prophetic. Um, it wasn't like a prophetic conference, but there's a lot of prophetic people at the conference. And me and my husband were leaving. Like, I'm all crying like I do. And I was like, the Lord's so good. And this guy, who was actually one of the people on the stage, he came running out. He was like, hey, 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 I need to tell you something. And I was like, wait a second, because I was all sobby. And I was like, yes. And he just started, like, reading my mail. He's like, tell me about, um, do you have a son who reads a whole lot? Do you have this? And I'm just like, yes, yes, because I just knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. The Lord was setting me up. He was building my faith. He was giving him these words of knowledge in order to then, then he laid out a hard word for me. It was a hard word for me. It was a word that's like, okay, Lord, I kind of been going this direction and he wants me to realign. But I had the faith to accept that realignment because of that prophetic gifting. And I believe that as church people, we are not called to just allow people on the platform who have uh, maybe an extra dose of the prophetic gift to be the only ones involved. I believe that the people of God, every single person who calls himself a son or daughter of God gets to exercise the gift of prophecy. That's what scripture teaches us. And so I don't believe that you have to be out just because you've only been a Christian for X, Y, or Z, or you have to be out because you struggle in this, or you have to be out. I believe we can all be in. I believe that God actually wants to use you to build people, to bring clarity to what God's doing in people's lives, to help speak truth in love whenever you're given an opportunity. And that's the prophetic gift. And if you're interested, you're like, man, I never really thought I would be a person who'd be like, I want to prophesy, right? If you want to prophesy, you got to be at this summit. It's totally free. We're just going to meet for, um, in the morning to, before lunch, no meals or whatever. Um, and then what we're going to do is you have to register because those guys are going to show us what the gift looks like. They're going to show us what the gift looks like. It's going to be kind of a presbytery, which is a really fancy church word for saying we're going to set people up and we're just going to bless the socks off of them. If you've ever sat in the hot seat of uh, surrounded by prophetic people so they can, they can pour the, the word of God over you, it is life-changing. So we're going to have some demonstrations of the presbytery, but we're also then going to do some training on how you can do that too. Because it's for all people. Okay? It says in the word that everybody gets to speak tongues, everybody gets to do these things, but we should all be seeking after the gift of prophecy. That's y'all. Okay, it's not just pastors, it's not just staff people, it's everybody on the team. We all get to do it. So if you've already discounted yourself, let me recount you, if that's the thing. I'm recounting you. Consider signing up, consider joining us. We're going to train. 
And then that night, we're going to have a time of worship and activation. We're going to practice it ourselves. We're just going to be speaking life all over everybody. And if you're, if you're like, not interested in um, prophecy, but you just need encouragement, let me tell you, that's the place to be. When people are speaking the good news of God on repeat, directed at his people, inspiring them to get up and go in a, in a better way. Um, all of this just reminds me, as I was thinking about the things that we're doing as a church, it just reminds me that I really really love being a Christian. I love it. It is honestly one of my favorite parts about me that I get to stand firm in who Jesus is and who he's called me to be. Um, it reminds me that I don't have to have it all together, but because of his transformative power, I actually get to put some broken pieces back together. <laughs> that there are seasons in my life when I am watching the waves on repeat come at me, come at my kids, come at my husband, and I get to stay very solid because of who he is. It has nothing to do with who I am because I tell you, I'm a mess. I am reactionary. I am volatile. I have all the wrong words. I like to, um, I like to be hostile. I, I like love it. <laughs> okay, I like love being dramatic. You know, I love throwing a pity party for myself. But I tell you, the Lord has actually allowed that fleshly side of myself to be a little bit quieter every day. And so that his glory is revealed by my own transformation. I love being a Christian. I love the fact that I'm a daughter of the Most High King, and so that what is, exists in the kingdom, I have access to. I'm an heir, right? I'm an heir. That means um, the, what the Lord has reserved for his own, that's mine. What, you know, like when a person dies and they pass on an inheritance, the inheritance of the kingdom of God is mine. <laughs> and that kind of gets me like, I'm just so pumped about it. If you are a son or a daughter of the Most High King, the inheritance is yours. And that should make you feel like, man, if you're struggling in poverty, like literally you don't have enough money in your bank account, recognize where your help comes from. If you're, if you're struggling because you're having mental health issues, recognize where your peace comes from. Okay? Um, when, when you're having relational issues, you can step back and recognize where your, your reconciliation actually comes from. When I go, I just have to keep pulling it back. Like, man, I'm struggling with fear right now. Man, I'm struggling with um, making ends meet right now. Whenever I'm struggling with things, I can sit back and recognize who owns it all is actually speaking to me right now to give me solutions to step forward. He's giving me solutions to step forward, and he knows everything. And he's my dad, and he wants to help me. He wants to help you. I love being a Christian. I ain't ashamed. I'm into it. Romans chapter 8 is going to be our capstone verse for the day because we are a spirit-led church. Okay? We are a spirit-led body. This means very specific things for us, okay? In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are children of God. I believe that as people, we are actually designed to follow. When God made us, you know, when he breathed life into creation, he made us with the capacity to follow. He made us with the desire to worship, to look like the one who made us. He made us that way. 
And because of the brokenness of this world, we started following other things. And so while we are to be spirit-led, being led by the Father because we're his children, sometimes we actually start to be led by other things. And I want to just remind us who we are. We are the people of God. We are the children of God. And because of that, we are going to be led in a certain way. Everybody's getting led, okay? Everybody's getting pulled along. Everybody's getting taught to do, right? It's always happening. But we are dictating who gets to be the loudest voice in our head. We're dictating where we're actually going to go and who we're actually going to follow. And it's not going to be anybody, okay? Because if we are people of God, we recognize that we are spirit-led and not feelings-led. Okay? I'm a feeler. People ask me, like, um, I always, I always uh, actually, I do this. <laughs> not people. I do this. Um, I always ask Andrew, when was the last time you cried? Because he's not, like, a crier. Um, and it's amazing. Like, it just never happens for him. He doesn't cry. And it's just so, I'm just I'm so impressed. I'm like, how do you not cry? Because I cry every day. <laughs> Literally, I just cannot get through a day without crying. I'm a feeler, okay? I'm very, very emotive, okay? But I have to always recognize my feelings are so important. They're so powerful. I remember that, but they are not what leads me. They're, I got to keep my feelings in check, that my feelings are valid. My feelings are important. My feelings are actually a really important part of how I lead other people into transformation, right? But they are not what lead me. The Spirit leads me. So whether I feel like it or not, I'm going to follow the Spirit, Okay? My feelings are important. Your feelings are important, but they are not what leads you. Um, we are the people of God, so we are spirit-led, not feelings-led. We are the people of God. We are spirit-led. We are not culturally led. And that's hard. That is hard to do because the culture is really, really pervasive. It's, it's like trying to run upstream to not be led by the culture. Um, there are things that just seem like of course, that's what everybody does because that's what the culture is doing. And the culture exists within the confines of a ton of folk. Like, there's a lot of people in culture. And with everybody shouting out at the same time, it's really difficult to not just kind of get up in it. This is what we're doing, I guess, right? Oh, we, we, it's okay as soon as I have a hard time in my marriage. I, I'll get divorced because that's what culture says is okay. Oh, it's okay that every Christmas I'm going to get into debt by another few thousand because that's what we do, right? It's okay to kind of post every single thought I have on social media and that's the place where I find um, consolation and community because that's what we're doing. Like there are things that we have normalized that are culturally, uh, it's a sign of us being culturally led and actually not spiritually led. And I will challenge us that if you haven't had the experience of the resistance to culture, you're probably being pretty culturally led. The feeling of resistance to culture is significant, okay? The feeling, and this, I'm teaching my kids this all the time, like, guess what, guys? We are going to be different. You're going to be odd. You're going to stand out, and it's not going to be for the reasons you want to. We're going to look like freaks pretty much everywhere we go because the sound coming out of our mouths is going to sound like the sound of heaven, and here we are living in a broken world, okay? So I'm teaching my kids, and he's like, hey, everybody's doing this. I'm like, well, do you think you should do that? He's like, it doesn't really sound like things we do. Amen, brother. He's already getting it. That's not the stuff we do, because guess what? We are different. 
and we're not culturally led. So almost a lot of the things that come up, we're like, oh, everybody's watching this show. Well, let me do some reading. Let me see if we should be watching that show. Just because everybody's watching it doesn't necessarily mean I got to watch it. I will tell you, I've started a bazillion shows that all y'all be watching. And I was like, oh, dang, this one ain't for Candace. This one's not for me because I'm not culturally led. And as soon as I start watching a show, if the spirit checks me, I turn it off. And I tell you, that makes me feel really embarrassed because I'm an adult woman. And I should be able to do whatever I want, right? That's what culture tells me, I'm a boss. <laughs> but because I'm spirit-led, I'm actually not the boss. And neither is anybody else except my Jesus. And sometimes he will redirect me, and it is not always fun. It's not always fun. Okay, we're also not politically led. And I tell you, um, I care about politics. I'm kind of a leadership person. It's important to me who sits in the, the chairs of power um, within our, our local community and our national community, even our global community. I'm caring about the leaders of different countries. I do a lot of reading. I vote very, very often. I vote at all the chances to vote. Um, I'm very, very politically involved, but I am not politically led, which means whoever sits in the seats don't get to dictate who I am, who I worship what I do for people. I will care for people of either side. I will not see people based on their political makeup. I don't care who you voted for. I care who your soul ends up living with for eternity. Because I'm spirit-led, not politically led. We are not traditionally led. There are some traditions that we have as a culture, as a family even, um, that might lead us to do certain things. And I remember my husband and I, we got married pretty young. Um, I, a lot of people ask me for her service, so I'm just going to tell you guys. Everybody's like, how old were you? Um, he was 19 and I was 20. We got married pretty young, and we did um, pre-marriage counseling. And one of the parts of pre-marriage counseling was they had you look at and evaluate your individual households that you um, came from. So we had to look at, like, I looked at how my parents fought. Okay, I had to evaluate how they spend money. I mean, he did the same. And then we kind of compared notes. And I was like, oh, man, your parents are crazy. He's like, your parents are crazy. <laughs> and then essentially, we had to decide what kind of crazy we wanted to build. Because let me tell you, it's, it's crazy sometimes. <laughs> but there are things that are tradition that could lead us that we didn't want to lead us. There were some habits of dysfunction that I wanted to leave behind and allow the spirit to be able to speak into those, different, those specific things in my house. Okay? Just because it's been traditionally done doesn't necessarily mean that that's a part of the goal of the spirit of God in my life. Just because my family always does that doesn't mean that's what the spirit has for me. And let me tell you, that's hard. That's hard, especially in tight-knit families. But we're spirit-led people, which means we're not led by all those other things, even though sometimes we are, right? Sometimes we are. But I just remind myself, like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm spirit-led. 
Have you guys ever had to say that? Like, oh yeah, I forgot, I'm a Christian. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> the Lord loves you, dude. He loves you so much. If you're just like out there and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot, I'm a Christian. Come back, dude. <laughs> just come, just wheel it right back. It's okay to, uh, sometimes you get it wrong, <laughs> right? Um, and you just remind yourself, you just grow in it. I am not led by those things. I am led by the Spirit. I am not dictated by those things. I am led by the Spirit. You just remind yourself on repeat. And this is what we do. Okay, so I want to just read through a couple chunks of verses that are going to help us be spirit-led people. They're going to help us learn how to hear his voice, and they're going to help us know what the spirit is actually guiding us towards. John 10, verse 1 through 6 um, says, Very truly, this is Jesus talking, Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. In case you're wondering, we're the sheep. That's us. Okay, you're not, the, you're not any other people. You're the sheep. He calls on his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Praise the Lord. Sometimes I'm like, me and the Pharisees, we got a lot in common. <laughs> I do not understand sometimes, right? You just don't have to always get it. <laughs> Praise the Lord, hallelujah. But the Lord t- teaches us on repeat the thing. Sometimes you just need to hear it a second time. Ultimately, what I know from this verse is that we need to know his voice. We need to know his voice. What happened is all these sheep are in the pen all together, owned by different shepherds. When the shepherd comes and he calls them by name, he does this specific call. He does a specific call that's known by that specific flock. When he does the specific sheep call, which now I'm going to go look up, what are some, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know, what's a sheep call? Like, what's the one? Thank you, Iasu. Okay, I wasn't going to do it. I was like, don't do a sheep call. That's weird. Okay. (laughs) The specific sheep call happens, right? It happens. And they know their leader's voice. When that call happens, they're all mixed up. And the ones that are um, supposed to respond to that call, they separate themselves from the rest because they know their leader. So sometimes we have to recognize that there's maybe other voices calling out. And you have to know which voice that you're in tune with because the voice knows your name. He's going to call you by name. He's going to call you by the name that maybe you don't even know for yourself. Let me just stop here for a second. I do believe sometimes the Lord is calling you, but because he's calling you daughter, you don't know he's calling you because you've been identifying as um, an orphan. And the Lord's calling you beautiful, but you've been identifying as ugly. And because he's calling you by the name that he sees you as, you haven't yet um, said yes to him because he's calling you by your heavenly name. And he wants you to listen to his understanding of who you are And it might be a little bit different than how you think who you are. He's going to call you by name, and he knows your name. Sometimes we don't even know our own names. We see ourselves by our own brokenness, but he sees us by the coverage of his son's blood as his righteousness. 
And so he's going to call you by name, and you're going to come out, and you're going to follow him. So I ask you, do you know his voice? Do you know the voice of God? There's a few different ways that we can get to know the voice of God. Um, the Holy Spirit is always speaking to us. I'm going to read these two chunks of scripture. We're going to go over some points pulled from these batches of scripture that help us understand the voice of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. You're going to feel in these batches of scripture really strong dichotomies. That means two opposing sets of perspective. You're going to hear what it's like to be in with the spirit. You're going to hear what it's like to be with the flesh. And it's just going to ping pong between the two. It's going to set them up so you're like, that's the flesh, that's the spirit, that's the flesh, that's the spirit. That's what these verses are doing. So you'll understand, that's the voice of the Lord. That's not. That's the voice of the Lord. That's not. Okay, so you're going to hear it as I read it. I'll try to do a little thing so you can hear it. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, not wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden, that the God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understand it, understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. Praise the Lord. These are the things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught to us by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the spirit, they don't accept these things that come from the spirit of God, but they consider them foolishness. And they cannot understand them because they, they are to be only discerned through the Holy Spirit. The person with the Spirit, he makes judgments about all things, but a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For, he, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. And let me tell you, some of you guys are struggling in your mind and let me just tell you, you have the mind of Christ. If you're struggling in your mind, that might sound like a lie, but let me tell you, you have the mind of Christ. And he wants to restore the things that might be broken in your head. He wants to restore it. He wants to heal it. And guess what? He still wants to use you. He still wants to use you because you have the mind of Christ. When you walk with the Holy Spirit, you get to walk with the Spirit who knows God the best. He's depositing to you love and peace and joy and wisdom. He's depositing that to you, and it doesn't matter if you're struggling in your mind. You still have access to that. You still have access to that. You can be free. <laughs> Okay, so if you're struggling in your mind, just know. You can tell to yourself, I have the mind of Christ. You have access. Okay? And that, that doesn't always discount or set us free from some of the brokenness. But let me tell you, it's a huge part of staying still. 
I can stay still. I know. I tell myself when I'm, when I'm overwrought with fear, when I'm overwrought with insecurity, I tell myself, I have the mind of Christ. I tell myself, I have the mind of Christ, which means I'm connected to the created, creative power of the universe, the one who made it all. I have the mind of Christ. Okay, Romans 8. If I could give you guys homework other than walking with God on a regular basis, <laughs> um, it's to read Romans 8 because it's a powerful, powerful batch of scripture, and I'm just going to go over a few verses, starting in verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. That's, that's pretty significant. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. And I want my mind, I want my walking, my talking, I want the way that I think, I want the thing that leads me to be spirit-led. I want it to be full of the spirit. And so if I'm wondering where, how do I know if it's the voice of God? Okay, I know that there's been seasons in my life where I'm like, man, I'm not sure if I'm hearing the voice of God. So I have to do some work. I can already tell like in this place, there's people who are like, well, I'm out because I don't hear the voice of God. I don't hear it. And let me just encourage you that you hear the voice of God. You do. Because God's not like um, reserving himself for only the super holy. He doesn't do that. He actually wants to speak to all of his children. Every single one of you, he wants to speak directly to you. Okay, because I believe that there's kind of three versions of the presence of God. Number one, we have his omnipresence, which means God is everywhere. Okay, God exists. He's in every chair. He's in the fibers of the carpet. He's in the birds in the air. God is everywhere. He exists everywhere. But then we have the manifest presence of God. The manifest presence of God is often what we depend on the most because that's the presence of God that drops in the house when we all come together and worship, right? When you're in your bedroom, you're listening to like Maverick City or whatever, you're just feeling the presence and you're like, oh, yes, that's it. When you're like experiencing just like an encouragement, you're experiencing it right then and there, that's the manifest, that's the presence of God just like dropping in and giving you some extra, okay? Sometimes we depend on that. Like that's, that's it. That's me and Jesus. We live, I know he's everywhere and I know he comes to me when I like turn it on, you know what I mean? But really, there's an additional dose of the presence of God that is just being led by him very simply, very regularly, very hourly, and it's just you following him with every breath. So if you're a person and you're like, I've been depending on the manifest presence of God. I have to come to church because I want to hear more. That is awesome. You're right where you need to be. But let me invite you into more. Let me invite you into more, that there is more for you. There is more for me, that I just get to walk with God. It doesn't matter if I'm in Walmart. It doesn't matter if I'm sitting on my couch shopping. It doesn't matter if I'm um, at work talking with staff members. It doesn't matter where I am. I get to be spirit-led wherever I go. And it doesn't include or require a worship band. Okay, it doesn't require all of that, even though that, that is often kind of the door for us to open up to this man. Like we see in, in scripture, the upper room experience, they were all together praying for, like I believe in the power of corporate gatherings that, that the presence of God falls in a unique way, but I believe that there's also some more to that. And it's when we're walking and talking, okay? So if you're been like, man, I love Sundays because I feel God's presence. Let me let you know that Monday's optional too. It's optional for you on Monday as well, okay? And so 
One of the ways that we get to know the presence of God, we get to know that he's leading us, we get to know his voice a little bit, is actually knowing where he's going to take you. If I can know where the Lord will take me, it actually helps me know if I'm listening to the wrong voice. If the directions start to take me, have you guys ever seen that office episode where the, the, he's listening to the GPS and it's like, turn left, and he's like, turn left immediately straight into the river? Have you guys seen that one? It doesn't matter. That was a silly thing to say. Um, but essentially, sometimes we listen to voices and it just takes us right in the wrong direction. And then we can remember and be like, oh, that wasn't the voice of God, <laughs> right? That's learning. Okay, learning by listening to the wrong voice and the Lord's grace keeping you from actually dying. That's, that's part of the learning process. And I'm always like, man, that led me to here. That's not where God would lead me. So now I'll listen better. Okay, and so part of learning the voice of God is recognizing where the voice is leading you. Okay, I believe based on these scriptures that the Lord, the Lord's voice, the, the, the way that the Lord leads you is to peace. He leads you to peace. And the, the challenging thing about assessing where you're being led is it doesn't always look like what we expect it to look like. God told Abraham, hey, Abraham, I want you to follow me. I'm going to take you to a place. And he's like, what place? And he's like, the place that I lead you. <laughs> okay, God, let's go. Like, he does not have the end. He does not have the end of the map in his um, mind. He just knows he's got to take one next step. And so that doesn't sound peaceful. That sounds really scary, right? And so sometimes following the Lord is not going to lead you to, like, relaxation, but there's still peace in it. Sometimes when the Lord tells me to do something and it like, it ruffles the feathers, I have to look for him like, is this it, Lord? And he gives me a peace. Even though the feathers are all ruffled, even though it stirred some stuff up, that's where he led me and then I look to him, my peace comes from him. It doesn't come from stillness around me. Because oftentimes the Lord, it says it in scripture, the Lord led him out to the wilderness. It doesn't sound peaceful, right? That's not, so I'm like, Lord, lead me to the spa. You know, like I think of these things, like lead me to a nap. Like there's so many, like to me, that's what peace feels like. But oftentimes the Lord's like, go ahead and go to work. And I'm like, okay. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't sound like peace, right? It doesn't always, that's not the way I categorize peace. But I look to him as the source and then I recognize his peace. And it has nothing to do with what's on the outside. Nothing, okay? And so he will lead you to peace. He will lead you to wisdom. And let me tell you that some of the things that we know is wisdom as Christian people because the Lord has led us to do that, it looks foolish to the world. You're going to make a fool of yourself to the world if you follow the Lord very, very closely. You're going to be strange. You're going to be foreign. You're going to be very, very weird. In, in interesting ways, okay? Because the Lord teaches us how to do certain things that is very counter-cultural to the rest of the world. He teaches us what to do with our money. He teaches us what to do with our mouths. Like the whole world is saying, like, hey, if somebody, if somebody um, uh, spits on you, you spit at them back. But the Lord teaches us different things. The, uh, the, the world is saying, like, if somebody's, um, somebody is kind of like, crunching on your peace, you should, you should exercise like protecting your peace and get out of there. But oftentimes when I'm like, man, I want to protect my peace, God, he's like, yep, sit right here. Go ahead and let your peace get crunched on by those folk. And I'm like, okay, God. You know what I mean? Like so many times it looks like foolishness. In that moment, it would say, the world would say like, you better quit that. Like those people don't care about you. Those people don't love you. You better quit. 
But the Lord has called us, what the Lord has called us to do really is wise in the long term. And that's the way he sees it. He leads us to wisdom that sometimes looks like foolishness, which is why we need the voice of God guiding us and not ourselves. He leads us to reconciliation. A lot of times, if I'm led by myself, um, struggles are an opportunity to leave. Struggles are an opportunity to, to pull away from relationship, right? Like, this is really hard. I'm out, okay? Um, we actually, we're in um, February, which is Black History Month, and so I've been doing some reading on the history of different cultures in our community in America, and I tell you, we have work to do. We have work to do because there's still so much brokenness from the, um, the chain of slavery that we started with as a nation. There's still so much. And I tell you, when I read the word and when I'm sensitive to the spirit, he leads me to a, a heart of reconciliation, not ignorance. He leads me to asking hard questions instead of ignoring the thing. Okay, sometimes in our gut instinct says, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go away now. That's really hard. But let me tell you, reconciliation, what God actually putting things back together as they're intended to be, that means going back into the issue. And that's hard stuff. But let me tell you, when the spirit leads you, he leads you back to reconciliation. He leads you back. The cool thing is, is reconciliation's awesome. The hard thing is, is like getting there is like the worst, right? It's really, really hard. Ultimately, where he will lead you is straight back to him. Okay? I, I chat with people sometimes and they're like, man, I'm, de I'm deconstructing, I'm doing these things, or I'm asking hard questions. And I'm like, okay, cool, what does that mean? Does that mean the Lord is having you ask hard questions about some of the garbage that maybe exists within your church, let, and he's leading you back to pure worship with him? I'm deconstructing too, let's do it, right? But sometimes we get it in our mind that we have to ask questions that lead us away from him. And I'm like, the Lord's not leading people to do that. The Lord is not doing that. The Lord is always going to lead you to ask hard questions. He's always going to lead you to um, be offended by things that maybe are not from him. But man, everything he kind of leads you by is always going to lead you into his presence. It's never going to lead you away. So if you feel yourself kind of on this out, you're like, I kind of am getting away from God. That's not the Lord leading you. That's not it. Because the Lord always leads you back to him. And sometimes the path back to him means partnering with people you don't really care about. Ugh, yucky Christians, right? That's us. And it's in the community of people that he does the other thing of bringing reconciliation. So hearing his voice, number one, it takes practice. My daughter learned, um, she was um, learning how to play piano um, years ago, and so she was really young at the time, and so I sat in the room with her during her lessons, and so I was like hearing, I'm like, oh yeah, your fingers, like little, little, uh, what did she say, rainbows, rainbow fingers, you know, I like, heard all the little lessons and tips that she was getting, so then one day I went and sat at the, at the piano thinking, like, I've been to like seven lessons already, right, I should totally be able to play this, and I couldn't, <laughs> like I had heard it all, and I was just like, oh, let me, where's your book, Ezra? Like I was like, I can't, I didn't, just hearing the lesson without actually putting it into application does nothing. And so you sitting in here, um, hearing the word of God, but not actually putting it into practice, you're wasting your time. 
Okay? And so let me just tell you, if you want to hear the voice of God, you got to practice it on your own. I can't make you hear God. I can't do it. And so you actually have to go home. You're like, oh, yeah, I got the lesson. Let me sit down. Let me practice. You better get on your knees in prayer. You better open the word of God because there is a practice required, and it's an individual task that actually impacts the whole. And so if you are struggling in hearing the voice of God, but you've been around for a while, I'll ask you about your, your practice. I'm going to ask you about your practice. And practice is one of those things that's like, it's kind of a religious term. Like, I actually practice religion, okay? And people get really, like, uncomfortable. Like, no, I only practice relationship. I'm like, oh, do you really? Because we are a people where we practice. It's, it's, a, it's a rotation. It's a, it's a regular thing that I do in order to hear God. It is, it is religious that I will get up and I will pray every day, okay? It is a ceremony that I will do every time when I will sacrifice before the Lord, Okay, and so we kind of get, we get uh, kind of weirdo with our terms. We're like, I only do a relationship. Like, that's cool beans, bro. But if you don't actually hear God, you're just, you're pretending. Okay, so I want to be a person who actually hear from God, which means I have to practice. And if that feels like religious mumbo jumbo and you're offended by that, you might not be hearing from God either. <laughs> I think you, have, you actually have to put it to task. You have to put it in your calendar. You have to put it to work. You can't just hear and walk by. You have to put it into action. Are you practicing? Are you seeking it out, actually turning it on? Hearing his voice takes humility. Because ultimately, hearing, being spirit-led, being led by God is way more about him and way less about me. And I can get it in my mind that um, hearing God helps me be awesome. And that is not a humble thought, but that's where I sit very, very often. I have to remind myself, man, hearing God is about glorifying God. Being led by God is about glorifying God. Being led by the Spirit is about glorifying God. And if I don't keep my, my, my humility on, if I don't regularly put the order in order, if I don't make it about God first and me second, then sometimes I get it in my mind that when God talks to me, that makes me the answer to other people's issues. And sometimes I feel like um, I, I get a little bit, let me just tell you guys about some of my issues. I get a little bit suspicious in the church when people start saying, God told me to tell you this. Because I feel like I got like a little red flag, like, oh man, is this about God? Or is this about you being like the holy one? You know, like the one to reveal to me about what God is telling you to tell me, to check me. Like I really, I'm really suspicious about it. And because I think sometimes we don't listen to the voice of God in order just to reflect God. Okay, there's a difference. And so it's not saying that God doesn't use you, but be careful about how you leverage how he uses you. Is it about you or is it about God? Okay? And sometimes when I hear, and it can, it can honestly lead to spiritual manipulation if we leverage the leading of the Holy Spirit inappropriately. And so let us, thanks Tyree, um, let, us, let us be thoughtful about the humility that we walk in. I tell you, like there are times when, man, I just walk into a room and I'm like, oh, sister, let me just ask you this question. The Lord is leading me. Okay, the Lord is leading me, but I'm like, Holy Spirit has told me to come and tell you. Like, that is not how it works because all of a sudden now they have no option but to listen. I've taken away their option. Okay, but I will come to them. I'll be like, hey, listen, who are you dating right now? And they're just like, why'd you ask me that? I'm like, I don't know. 
<laughs> and they were like, okay, well, this is who I'm dating. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Does, does the Lord like that? Oh, uh. you know, like, honestly, the Lord, the, he'll just come and drop question to my mind and I'll just come and ask, hey, what, if, what do you think about this? And they're like, oh, what is that about? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, honestly, I have no clue where it's leading most of the time because the Lord never gives me the end. He just gives me the one thing. I, I walk in, I'm like, hey, friend, how's it going? What's, what is this? And they're like, oh, I don't have to preface it with the holiness that I walk with in order for it to be powerful. <laughs> So I walk with a level of humility and I just listen and I let, I'm just like, praise the Lord. He let me have a really cool conversation. Praise the Lord. That was about him. Praise the Lord. That was his. That's his glory. Praise the Lord. And I watch myself because I do think that that is a tendency in the church that leads us to be like a Pharisee because all of a sudden we make it about how cool we are. I got the gift of prophecy right? All of a sudden, we are the, the Pharisees because we've made it about us instead of walking in humility and allowing the Lord to be glorified in everything he gives us to do. So if we allow the Lord to stay glorified, it actually makes our words more powerful because it's not about us. It's about him. Last but not least, hearing his voice takes intentionality. I want to invite the worship team to come up. We're going to do worship here in just a second. But I was driving, I, I drive to this campus probably three or four times a week. I was driving with Michael, my husband this time, and he was in the driver's seat, so I was in the passenger seat, so I'm just paying attention different. And I'm pretty spacey, not gonna lie. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, what's that? I never saw that. And it was the building across on uh, 12th and Hanford Armona, and they were doing all the construction, so it drew my eye over there. I'm like, what's that building? He's like, that's the fire station. I was like, what? <laughs> I've never seen that. <laughs> and he's like, Candace, you drive here all the time. What's wrong with you? I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I've never seen it. Okay, leave it alone. It's fine. But I do know sometimes that's how we live, is we just kind of live very focused on what we are doing. And without intentionality, we miss the voice of God. Intentionality means I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop and listen. It's just a decision. I expect to hear the voice of God, so I will orient my pace, I will orient my focus, I will orient my life with the expectation that I'm going to hear him today. And so that means when I'm going, I'm going expecting to get something as I go. It doesn't mean I have to be like, okay, I'm going to hear the voice of God. Let me have a worship service right now. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. And you just start, I just start praying in tongues wherever I'm at. It's not necessarily like that because that's me seeking the manifest presence of God. But I'm expecting the spirit-led walking and talking with God, which means I don't got to even close my eyes. <laughs> I can hear God as I walk with my eyes open. Okay? And so I want to give you guys a word that I have found really, really important. And the word is statio. Statio, S-T-A-T-I-O. Statio is a word that means the space between moments. So I can be up and I can be getting ready and then my daughter comes in. Those are two moments that happens, right? I'm by myself, I'm getting ready, then I'm with my kids. But in the space between, that's a perfect time to reconnect with the Lord. I just finished my coffee, we're running out the door, we're in the car now, new moment new opportunity for space between. In scripture, in, in, the, um, in the Psalms, it call, um, there's, a, there's a phrase you might see sometimes, depending on the translation you're looking at, it's Selah. And Selah means um, a pause to recognize the presence of God. And so you'll often read in the Psalms, Pastor Chad just talked about it this morning, you often read in the Psalms, somebody's sad, they're lamenting, they're crazing, Selah, they're praising. 
And there is this thing that happens when I use the space between those moments, the statio moments, when I use those moments to reconnect. And I just, I toss my, my spiritual eyes up and I say, where are you, God? What do you have for me right now? I want to listen to you. When I, I have another meeting, God, here I am going into my meeting. What do you have? I'm about to go to lunch. Lord, would you, would you use me right now in this moment? Guide me. I'm about to go pick up my kids. I'm about to drop my kids off. I'm about to go be with my family. Whatever it is. Anytime I'm in the in-betweens, that's the pause moment to make it so that your whole life is walking with the Lord. And then the next conversation is already sanctified. I know he's gone with me because I asked. I'm listening. I'm, I actually, I am expecting to hear him right now, even as I'm walking and talking. So it's going to direct my conversations. It's going to direct um, my compassion levels. It's going to direct, it's going to help me be a better problem solver because I'm spirit led. I live with the spirit who created the universe and he talks to me. So what I want to do right now in our last three or four minutes, I'm saying four because I'm trusting you guys will forgive me for taking two. We're going to stand. I'll invite you guys to stand. And we're going to worship just for a few minutes. It might be that manifest presence. But what I want you guys to do is I want you to hear from God. I want you to assume you're going to hear from God. And then what you're going to do is you're going to write down whatever you hear. Because that's practice. When I first started really seeking the voice of God in my life, I would wake up in the morning and I would sit there and be like, Lord, would you speak to me? And whatever came to my mind, I would write it down. And a lot of times I was really embarrassed to write it down. Because I knew, I was like, those are Candace's psycho thoughts. See, like, I just knew. <laughs> I just knew. But as I got good at um, responding to what was in my spirit, I also got good at hearing the voice of God over time. But it started with me just literally in cringe full mode, writing it down. So during this time, I believe God's going to speak to you. You're going to have something that you can actually write down. It's going to be clear enough for you to write down or for you to share with somebody. You don't have to always, it doesn't have to be written. It can be spoken. But I want you today to start to practice. Man, I believe the Lord is telling me this because the Lord speaks to all y'all, okay? So let's worship just for a few minutes. Expect God to speak to you and then let's write it down. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. And Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul. I live
So um, this is what came to me while we were praying just now, that um, there's somebody in the house who's struggling with suicidal thoughts. And the Lord would say, let those suicidal thoughts be gone. Your life is precious. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> don't disconnect. My God, I pray, Father, that the words that have been sprinkled in the hearts and minds of your children today, Lord, would you refine them? Would you correct them? Would you address them, my Lord, in the right way? I pray against fear or insecurity that would assume that the gifts are for other people. And I pray that we would say, here I am, Dad. Here I am. Would you use me to build and, um, and shine the light for your kingdom in Jesus' name? In Jesus' name, would you speak to every person in here? In your name, every person said amen and amen. I'm going to invite uh, the prayer teams to come down. If you're not a Christian, you need to leave a Christian today, so come pray with somebody. If you need help, um, if you need some extra prayer, that's what these individuals are for. Sign up for a group or go to Discovery if you want Koinonia to be your home church. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the message, and we hope to see you on a Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Visit us online at kchamford.com, and if you want to support our ministry, click Give. Cornelia Church, passion for God, compassion for people.